0: You're listening to Coindesk's Money Reimagined with Michael Casey and Sheila Warren.
1: Hello and welcome to Money Reimagined. I'm Michael Casey. Well, this week I'm on my lonesome as my co-host Sheila Warren is on a well-earned family vacation. We're also doing something a little different as we'll be playing a you recordings of a conversation that I had with the businessman Frank McCourt at his home in Cape Cod this week as part of a book project that he and I are working on. Frank is a construction magnate, the former owner of the LA Dodgers, and now of the French football club Olympique de Marseille, but more importantly, he is the founder of Project Liberty, a bold, urgent initiative to fix a broken internet, a system that under the model of Web 2.0 that you've heard Sheila and I talk about so often, has made us all subjects, serfs, if you will, to a small group of feudal lords, the internet platforms that control our data and rule our online lives. Our book will dive into that problem and explore solutions for how to fix it and restore a sense of agency, of citizenship in the internet age. From our wide-ranging discussions this week, I thought as a tease to some of the concepts we're grappling with in that book, for which you'll have to wait for its publication, I'd break out some remarks that Frank made over lunch about the problem of centralized storage and the power that has given to the big platforms after the internet's data became the most valuable commodity of all. Here he is explaining how this problem began and how, now, with the rise of decentralized storage solutions in the Web3 era, we might escape from it. Apologies for the chink of cutlery on China and the tapping of my keyboard in the background. It's all part of this informal discussion.
0: So the internet became went from being computers connected to now an internet of data and vast, vast troves of data that when internet two started roughly 30 years ago, there was no way to create a shared state of that data, no way to have a decentralized storage of that data. You needed intermediaries Mm -hmm. to hold the data. You know, storage was becoming vastly more powerful and cheaper and prevalent. So it wasn't like you or I couldn't store a lot of data And conceivably, we could build a company to store all the data, right? The difference was you couldn't store the data in a shared state. Mm -hmm. If you had it or I had it, you had it or I had it. If you you sit on the treasure trove Mm -hmm. of aggregated data, which is almost unimaginable now, the amount of that data. We've heard information that, you know, there's meta has at least 15,000 individual attributes on every individual, you know, their platform, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So just imagine... Massive, massive amounts of data growing by huge amounts every day, uh sitting in the server farms, in the on the servers and they being stored by these platforms, mm-hmm. which in turn manipulate the data. So they apply algorithms mm-hmm. to the data to optimize for whatever they've decided to optimize for. Yeah. That's where the internet went off the rails because it was this idea of surveilling people twenty four seven. And targeting them and turning the economy into a so-called both an attention economy and a surveillance economy, where that data was—you heard the expression many times—I'm sure—the new, the new oil. And it's because these privileged few companies had control of of the data. Of the yeah, the storage capabilities. And we didn't have the capability to store data in a decentralized way. so now there's, there's multiple ways to store data in what's yeah. called a, a shared state, universal shared yeah. state, where everybody, you don't need a big player to hold all this data. The data, it can be in shared state, which so means now is. everybody can have access to the data. It gives everybody the opportunity to build in this new world and have access to the data and therefore the network effect and so on and so forth, but on a permissioned okay. basis. Okay.
1: The emergence of artificial intelligence and specifically the large language models that OpenAI and others are now pushing out into the wild makes this issue all the more urgent. We are at an inflection point. Do we double down on this centralized data control system as AI grows exponentially? Or do we break up the power of the feudal data lords before it's too late? Here's Frank on this LLM moment. Again, apologies for the background noise.
0: These large language models are ingesting all the data, all the content, all the IP, all the, the works of humanity. So think about this logically for a second. These machines are ingesting all of human creativity, right? With no attribution, with no consideration for whose labor or thought capital or innovation or creativity. But it's not just a film or a piece of music or a, a, a important book. It's also people's social graphs. And that I think is a fundamentally important breakthrough in this book that it's their data that has value. If you look at all of the books that have been written and all of the films that have been created and all of the valuable information, encyclopedias, et cetera, et cetera, they've been read into computers a long time ago. Mm. What is the active data in the world right now that's being created every day is being created to a large extent on social media platforms, right? Mm -hmm. On shopping platforms, on Search platforms on YouTube, on TikTok, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that information is our information. It's in- information that belongs to individuals. We need to get to the bottom of just what percent of data that goes into these large language models is coming from social media. But I've heard that already it's at 50% is, is our social graphs, our information. And I would imagine that that number will increase over time is the amount of information that individuals are creating when you connect billions of people is accelerating at a far faster pace than somebody can write a book. And I think that that number is going to just increase more and more. So what is is what what is going to be driving these large language models? Of course, it's going to be a, a famous book written by da Vinci or, you know, a philosopher or a scientist or a renaissance person, you know, in terms of a Renaissance. Man, meaning someone who's a a big thinker. Einstein's theory of relativity is is all of that stuff gets ingested. But so doesn't John Loeffler's social graph and Michael Casey's social graph and all of the articles he's written. All of this stuff is hoovered up, sucked up indiscriminately. And large language models are. We think of of artificial intelligence. Well, algorithms are artificial intelligence. Algorithms are machine learning right? That's what they are. They're another name. It's another name for artificial intelligence. So it's not like artificial intelligence uh, hasn't been around for a long time. It has. What's different is with ChatGPT and so on and so forth is that it's been now put in the hands of millions of individuals. So not only are these big companies ingesting the material and profiting from it because they're creating new search engines and they're creating new new products like ChatGPT Mm -hmm. and so forth. But now individuals are using the information created by humanity for their own sake, all right? So they can copy some, you know, use chat, GPT, you produce something that is, now they're claiming is their IP. This is a massive disruption of our whole legal system around, you know, who owns what in terms of IP, our copyright laws, and all of our IP laws, and so on and so forth. So this technology has just, is racing along without any regard to a set of norms and rules and, and laws. and behaviors that are inherently important to a, a legal system and is inherently important to a democracy.
1: Okay, I hope you found that an enticing tease for what will come with Frank McCourt's and my forthcoming book. More to come on that in the months ahead. That's all for this episode of Money Reimagined. Listen to us weekly on the CD Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to hear from you. Tell us what you think. You can email us at podcast at subject line, Money Reimagined. I'll catch you next week when Sheila is back with me. Bye for now.